Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Welcome to it. Wednesday Road Show back here at the club, Indian Creek Golf Course, as the Pinnacle Bank Championship commences tomorrow, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday here uh, in Elkhorn. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. Great to have you in as we'll dive into plenty of football thoughts, some topics du jour, little mini emergency in the Schmidt household to tell you about or uh, more so on the road versus the household. Numbers to get in, 489-1240, 489-1240. could also uh, find us on the stream and stream yard with the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Uh, just put that in the computer and watch away. You can comment on the stream yard uh, comment section there. Also on Twitter at Hale Varsity uh, Radio, at H Varsity Radio, where you can follow and uh, play along there. You can find my Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And for Connor Clark, we'll say it slowly so you can write it down at C underscore Clark underscore 27. We are perched up here right around hole number 17. Again, caddy corner from the Patron zone. And uh, just behind us will be food and drinks galore. Uh, all tournament long here at the Pinnacle Bank Championship. I'm staring at several signs in front of me. When you visit the Herd at Tent on hole 17 during the Pinnacle Bank Championship, you can enter and you can win $10,000. 10G if someone goes ace. And that has happened before in golf tournaments. That has happened before at pro-ams or just incredible fundraising events. There's a gorgeous red Corvette when you walk in here to the uh, the Players Club. And we have not had a chance yet to, to take that thing for a spin. I tried. I Shockingly tried. enough. I brought my coat hanger along to try to wedge it in there. and <laughs> that was, They're not going to let you anywhere near that thing while you guys are out there. That, that was frowned that. upon with, with Elijah saying, Huh, watch this. <laughs> and he's trying to open. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But I, I, uh, never mind. I'm not going to make the joke I was going to make. <laughs> what? I've, I've had some practice with the old coat hanger. Look at you. And it's not, not in stealing a car since. It's just we had just, some crappy you, old cars, and my brother, and, he, and he was the king of keys. losing his keys. Right. You locked, yeah, you weren't trying to take someone's discman back in the day. You were just trying to, to, to help your brother out. But to, what, I, what I've learned is a lot of those new cars now have – like theft prevention things in the win- in the window, so you can't shimmy a coat hanger up in there. Uh, so it, it's a it's a useful skill to have in life. I, I'll give you that. But the Corvette, no chance. Elijah says he was 
trying to, to unlock the uh, the keys that were locked in his brother's car, yet he was wearing black leather gloves uh, and, <laughs> a had a, and had a ski mask. I mean, fingerprints of the scene. And he was ready to hotwire that bad boy. I want to shout out Jake Whitefoot. Big Jake, you're the man. You already know that as he was there to, to teach Junior how to change a tire. I've had many failures as a father. Auto Tech is among high on the list. Junior's bopping around in a car he complains about because he's a teenager. And Pop goes the tire, blows out. And uh, now he's on his donut, and the car that does not speed speeds even less. Uh, he, his goal in life is to inundate our text line with the Schmidt phones uh, about seven times a day with Audi pictures. Uh, he still does that. Uh, but now I'm glad he's safe and sound. I got uh, to talk with him and, and, and Mama Bunny, and he's fine. But uh, Jake Whitefoot, God love you. I'm buying you a beer later. And uh, that is uh, not negotiable. Thank you for and, helping Junior out. And that is a good skill in life, though, to have as a 16, almost 17-year-old now, to know how to change a tire. I can't tell you how thankful I am that I popped a tire when I was 16 because my Chevy Impala, I love the car. It's reliable. Schmidt, we rode it up in mm-hmm. it today. It's got a good speaker system. It rides smooth, good fuel economy. It's one fault is that I have popped, I think, five tires in seven years Jeez. on that Impala. And it's not hitting curbs. That it's not is. nothing like that. They go flat. And the, the worst experience I ever had was as a, an 18-year-old fresh out of high school, me and my buddies are driving to Denver going to a Kendrick Lamar show. Mm. And about an hour and a half, maybe two hours outside Lincoln, uh, would have been about an hour and a half, uh, we pop a tire on the interstate. Mm. And there is no more nerve-wracking experience than changing a tire on the side of the interstate with semis rolling by. Just, it was just my, zoom it. Was the weather decent at least? Weather was decent. It was summertime. But, like, we're on the, uh, you know, the, the right shoulder changing a back left tire while oh. semis are zooming by no fun whatsoever and then the uh the, the donut is capped at 45 miles per hour so once you finally get it changed i'm driving 45 miles an hour down the interstate trying to make it to grand island to the nearest tire shop to get a tire and luckily they had the tire in stock they got it changed out for us quickly we made the trip to denver we were there in, in reasonable time that was a terrifying experience but i'm glad it wasn't my first time ever changing a tire being in that experience yeah. so if there's any positive to look at from this situation with your son today it's that he now knows how to change a tire he knows the star pattern you gotta hit and whenever it happens to him in a, in a possibly worse circumstance where there's nobody around to help him out he's gonna know how to do it now do you guys ever have a a this was kind of a road trip from hell for you to a concert what about a road trip from hell going to a road football game going to denver or kansas city or that that road uh, show to colorado all my road trips forever and ever uh, whether it be down to, to arrowhead for the oklahoma state nebraska game many moons ago or to boulder uh, a handful of times it's always been a smooth trip to norman uh, Ireland, uh, we didn't drive, obviously, uh, thank God, because <laughs> a little different over there. But I, I you know, I'm, I'm knocking on wood, uh, even in, even to Minneapolis. Uh, that that was either we went with Searles one time, and then with uh, with Dolman the other time, and so far so good for me. Now, uh, I had a tire blowout literally like two blocks from my house. I had a, I had a Ford Ranger way back in the day. And it was rear wheel when it, we had studded tires, but it still, we were stuck on ice, and it, it, you tried to keep 
doing the wrong thing and, and get out of, of being stuck, and it melted the tire. So we had to call AAA. Uh, and then we shuffled all, all the way home in, in sub-zero temperatures. I, but, I got two, actually. I got two road trips from hell here. One is uh, Scott Frost's first year, so 2018. Me and my buddy Josh and his uncle are uh, headed up to Wisconsin for that football game. And we wanted to go see Bryson as well because mm-hmm. uh, we had played with him in high school. Yeah, so it yeah. was going to be a good trip. And about halfway there on the way up, the, the Apple Maps first stop takes us off interstate. So we're going through, like, back highways in Wisconsin trying to get up there. And about halfway through, with his uncle in the back seat who was a little out there, he was, like, smoking cigarettes with the windows up the entire way. Oh, like, no. that was fun. And then, Serial killer scene. <laughs> and then the sensor for his emergency brake goes bad. So it thinks the emergency brake is engaged while we're driving down the highway. And if you know anything about cars, it's not going to be very happy about that situation. So we have a loud alarm blaring at us the entire way there. We get up there. It's a Saturday night. We can't find anywhere uh, in his Audi that is authorized to work on Audis and fix it. So then we have to make the entire drive back from Wisconsin the next day. Seven hours in a car all the way back. So that's one. The other one would be whenever my dad crashed on the interstate at my brother going to headed home from my brother's high school football game. Crashed? Yeah, we crashed on the interstate because I fell asleep in the passenger seat, which was fine until he fell asleep in the driver's seat. Well, yeah. And we end up, I wake up to us fishtailing all over the interstate about 20 minutes outside Lincoln. Fishtailing all over the interstate, we end up in a ditch. And uh, luckily, I mean, the only thing that happened, we we knocked out a uh, a headlight. That was the only thing that happened because we went through a fence off the interstate. Like, we were moving fast. Probably lucky to be alive. I still give my dad hell about this. And we reverse it back out onto the interstate. We finish the drive home, both adrenaline rushing. And on the way into Lincoln, we see fire trucks and ambulances rushing out past uh, us. And we, we kind of make the joke, oh, I hope those weren't coming for us. And then we learn a couple weeks later from our neighbor whose son's a dispatcher. Because um, we, we told him about the story. And he asked his, his son who was dispatching. And his son actually took the call that night for a car going off the interstate. And what happened was, is we were right at the interchange between... I believe it was York and uh, Lincoln for in terms of what, what service got called. So the people that pulled off and like made sure we were okay, their call went to York, who then called off their uh, their search. But the people that drove past us that continued calling, their call went to Lincoln, and it never got called off. So, so the, they're searching for you as you're driving by. So how it was told to us was that these ambulances and fire trucks were searching for us for an hour before they finally oh called goodness. off the search and said, we can't find these guys. Jeez. We were A-okay. And uh, that's that was probably the closest I've ever been to death in my life. Uh, Elijah wins. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't. That sounds a lot like my whole car debacle. Oh yeah, yeah you yeah, flipped yeah, a car yeah, on yeah, the interstate. You, you rolled it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I think I at least contend for first place in that. Well, t- tell us the, tell us the story. Flipping your car on the interstate. Well, I mean, you know, it was decided to start sleeting in Waverly when I'm driving back from Chicago. So we got about. St- seven hours and 20 minutes down in this road trip and then all of a sudden because i left early to try and beat this storm and it starts sleeting and waverly and i go up over a bridge by exit 409 for anybody listening that knows where that is and then all of a sudden i tap the brake to go down into the left into the turn no traction whatsoever because there's two inches of sleet on the road and we well we being me spin from the left lane all the way across off the right side of the interstate tried to keep it up on like that plateau i guess on the right side and then too much momentum took me over the edge and that's all she wrote flipped over a, a ford focus there so that was an experience and you rubbed some dirt on it and walked away i did because you can i flex. was in my apartment an hour and a half later <laughs> 
Uh, last part of this before we get to some football. On the way back from Norman, the trip to Norman, Oklahoma in 2021. Uh, great trip. Great, awesome trip. Tight ball game. Nebraska, Oklahoma. Barry's down there. Boz is down there. And the infamous scooter ride with Elijah driving. I'm on his back like I'm C-3PO <laughs> behind Chewy. I've heard so many stories As, as we're this. going to Lloyd Noble Center, 17 years away from the football stadium to do the postgame show. So we wrap up the postgame show. We get an Uncle Andy's RV. Inside is immaculate. Outside, it looks like you can buy the blue meth from it. <laughs> and as we're driving towards Kansas... The locked part of the RV, because when you park it, it can widen out. Right. And the left part where I was sitting on the couch came un- unhinged, where it was drifting into the oncoming oh, no. lane of, <laughs> of opposite traffic. <laughs> Uncle Andy's motoring, he's driving, <laughs> we're still pissed about the game. Or at least he is. I said, hey, it's a good ball game, the rest played well. And, and he's like, Chris, I can't see you in my, my rear view now. What's going on? He's like, oh, bleep. The, the left side of the RV is now drifting and come unlocked. And that left side that kicks out when it's parked is in the oncoming lane. Oh, so we pull over to the, uh, the rest area. Got that fixed, and away we went. Moral of the story, all three of us probably lucky to be alive with some of these stories you told yeah. today. So if you're in traffic right now, if you're driving home while listening to us, be careful out there because it could happen to you too. So Nebraska football, we got the update from Coach Rule, Coach Riola yesterday. We'll talk with Mike Babcock here in about five minutes, get his take on uh, the week that's been in camp week two. They're still dormant. It. They're still getting through the grind as uh, you inch closer to prep time for Minnesota. Uh, also, Evan Bland with us in hour two. Brad Edwards going to talk some college football as well. Four eight nine twelve forty. So Nebraska needs what? Dot dot dot. Fill in the blank. Nebraska football needs what? Obvious first answer for me: wins. Mm-hmm. Right? How do wins happen? Well. Do they have a couple of those tough guys on the team? Guys that Tony Davis would say you need to lock them up six days a week and let them out on Saturday? Uh, do you have a difference maker, a game breaker? Possibly. We don't know yet. We like what we see with some past film with the portal. And then uh, lastly, from a coaching standpoint, Nebraska needs coaching, needs strategy, needs that difference maker either from a a development standpoint or a motivational standpoint guys out of those words i've used i've talked about confidence is also in other words nebraska needs what dot 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 for 2023 this football season you know i i think i can kind of focus in on that that strategy slash motivation part i think if Nebraska is to get bowl eligible this year, a big reason why will be quarterback play and offensive line play, but more so the work that rules had this team put in to get better, to get not only fundamentally better, but mentally better, and then 
presumably that turns into the, to the wins part of things. My thing is just, can you find one big-time player on this roster? Can you find one player in a big-time moment that's going to step up and make a big-time play? You look through the history of Nebraska football, and I'm going to bring a couple games as an example. That Northwestern game, the Hail Mary game, mm-hmm. who's making a big-time play? It's Amir Abdullah on fourth down, making the extra effort to get yourself a new set of downs and give yourself a chance of that Hail Mary in the first place. Go back to the 09 season. It's Sue making plays all over the place on defense, giving your subpar offense short fields, chances to go make plays. Mm-hmm. It's, it's to me, who on this Husker team, not even just offensively or defensively, is there just one guy overall that whenever the game up. gets tight in the fourth quarter, you can count on them in that big-time moment, they're going to go make a big-time play. They're going to go get an interception. They're going to go force a fumble. If it's Jeff Sims, he's going to go make a throw on third down that is going to keep you in a football game, get you a new set of downs, and allow you to continue a drive. Who is that person going to be? And we're going to get into the Manziel documentary. He made plenty of those in his career at Texas A&M. Is, is there a player like that on Nebraska's roster right now? Is there a Johnny football on Nebraska's <laughs> roster? 489-1240. No. God, I hope not. Mike Badcock's on the way. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out, Hale Varsity Radio, here at the Players Club. Indian Creek, just incredible setup. The Pinnacle Bank Golf Championship commences tomorrow. Your chance to win $10,000. Get signed up on hole 17 if there's a hole-in-one. But get here and log on, PinnacleBankChampionship.com. Get your passes to get here. We're near the Patron Zone that's going to be all sorts of wild, and dare I say refreshing, uh, when we talk about being at a live uh, pro golf event. It's uh, fantastic. Pro-Am going on today. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal on site, Connor Clark. Uh, it's not quite chained to the studio, but there is a device on his ankle. Mm-hmm. So he is, uh, been, yes. he, is, he is back. <laughs> He's back in Lincoln. We were talking about Nebraska needs what, and we have gone through it. Uh, quite a bit here the first 45 minutes of the show. Time to get to some of your comments. Thanks for chiming in on the stream. Can do so, Hale Varsity YouTube channel. But as we uh, look at it here, Husker David says Nebraska needs aggression. Nothing dirty, but something like Sue running. Not Nothing dirty, Sue. <laughs> something, yeah. something like Sue running down the quarterback like a pit bull every possession. Speed and aggressive, uh, aggression. Aggressiveness is a, is a good trait to have, a good word to use for 2023. And, and with what David says, nothing dirty. I think if you're even towing the line of dirtiness just a little bit, that's how the game of football is the played, whistles especially echo. in the Big Ten. I'm not saying Texas A&M bottom of the pile. Right. You don't need to necessarily go that far. But at the same time, there's a couple personal fouls, some unnecessary roughnesses this year. I don't think Husker fans are going to bemoan it. I mean, when Anthony Grant knocked a dude unconscious near the sideline against Rutgers last year, I don't think Husker fans went, whoa, that was a little bit too aggressive. That was a hard physical play, and, and the defensive back for Rutgers made a bad decision. He made a bad decision to pull off, yeah, and then Anthony Grant kind of went high on him. And, yeah, it's, 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 it's not a defenseless player. It's not going to be that penalty. But that's what I'm saying whenever I'm talking about towing the line of being dirty. When you see a guy pull off of you, I don't think you need to go lower the shoulder into the head in the game of football, but you're towing that line just a little bit. Nebraska needs that aggression. I like what he has to say there. Let's go to the phones. Pete with us here on Hale Varsity. Pete, go ahead. Thanks for calling. How you doing today? Good, man. What do you know? I guess in my opinion, I think – 
on defense, it's going to boil down to how comfortable they feel in this defense and how well they learn it. I think we have talent on defense. It's going to be a matter of getting adjusted to a new defense on the 3-3-5. And I think on offense, success will be how well they can run the ball. Mm-hmm. No, I absolutely agree with the run game being paramount, comfort and understanding. Uh, you have that. Pete, thanks for the phone call. You get that, guys. You can play fast. That's also been uh, something that Nebraska, they need to be fast, faster. It uh, goes into the aggressive comment that uh, Oscar David had. Uh, Moonbot7 chimes in on the stream as well. On D, I think Nash and Sherman will both show out. O, we'll have Sims and Billy the Kid to lead on. Those are kind of the four guys. Uh, not bad picks at all, Moonbot. I, I think have that difference maker. A lot of good things can happen on the way to seven, eight, nine wins or more if Nebraska can get that done this year. That's very lofty, but you, d- you just don't know. You don't know uh, where this will shake out. It's okay to be a little concerned. I know we talked to Mitch Sherman yesterday, but you didn't have Nuri practicing yesterday. You, you don't have uh, Teddy practicing. So right now you've got Turner presumably working at left tackle. You've got Piper and Lutowski at the guards. you still got Scott. you still got Bryce at that right tackle spot, but who's behind them? <laughs> if you talk about finding five and, and making that five look at seven and that seven maybe to be turning into eight, still time, but guys, time winding down here before Minnesota. I just don't like the idea of, of not having, and I'm not saying you won't, but right now, okay, if you don't have Teddy, you, you, you'll you'll have Turner at the left spot, but you got to have Nuri on that line this year. Mm-hmm. Well, I think another thing that we could talk about, too, with this team about what they need is kind of a sense of urgency to a certain extent because, obviously, it's year one under a new coaching staff, and ob- that will skew kind of the projections and the expectations a little bit, but this is the last year of the divisions, as we've talked about over the summer, so... There's kind of that sense of urgency, I feel, before you start adding four more new teams and then you go divisionless. It's going to be that much harder to try and get yourself into Indianapolis or wherever this thing's going to be hosted now in the in the years to come. But I, I think there has to be a little bit of a sense of urgency to just see that improvement. Now, is that going to translate into eight wins? Probably not. But as long as you see that and you see kind of the aggression as we've talked about the culture coming into play and then that sense of urgency in between the lines i think that could go a long way in year one and there's two ways you can look at this conversation it could be anti-kool-aid because basically from from fleshing this out oh what is a former three and nine or four and eight football team need to get better at it's a hell of a lot of things if you want to get to bowl eligible and get to a point of, of relevancy i mean we've listed off they need a playmaker they need more aggression they need to play with a sense of urgency they need better line play like there's a lot of things this team needs in order to make that jump. But as we've kind of laid out here, there's candidates everywhere for those things. If Nebraska gets better line play, where can you turn to? A transfer in Ben Scott, the development of Coach Donnie Riola, and some more time to be able to gel in this offense with your running backs. There's possibilities there. In terms of playmakers, you have guys we've listed on both sides of the ball. Sims, 
Uh, you have Billy Kemp. Defensively, you have Sherman. You have Nash. You have Gifford. There's possibilities of guys that can step up and be that playmaker in a big-time role. In terms of urgency, that's what we've heard all spring, summer, and fall from Matt Rule, essentially. Uh, just not to put words into his mouth, but whatever he talks about the development and getting things right, it, there's that sense of urgency from him in terms of we're going to do things the right way. If you're not with us, you're against us, and you're not going to be with the program anymore. Whenever you kind of look at the Miles Farmer situation, how the spring started with Anthony Grant, we're not going to sit here and say, well, you're really talented, so we'll put up with you not being in line with the team here because we think you're good at football. No, there's that sense of urgency that we need to get this culture right first because that's the first step to, to building a winning football program. We're not going to take shortcuts with that right now. We're not going to make any exceptions right now. There's reasons for optimism in all these categories. It's a question of can that optimism be well-founded and is there actual results whenever you look there once uh, August 31st and the rest of the season rolls around? Can guys actually step up in the way that we think that they possibly can? This program's been better than five and seven, three and nine, four and eight. But there, there's a hell of a lot that needs to get done in order to take it over the the, the next step and get sure. it to bowl eligible. Can you, can you be in in the top half of the Big Ten your your final season to get into a bowl game? Can you be in the top half of the new Big Ten? All right, so you're not a playoff team, but you're not far away uh, based on your your ability, your playmakers, all those things we've touched on. And the, the urgency part, that is going to be the, the guy driving the, the old chuck wagon on that is Ty Robinson. He's been here too long. He's been through too much, along with Reimer, uh, along with Henrich, and even Gifford. You've got guys that, that are going into, it feels like, year 18 with no postseason, with no winning season, with no 500 season. And, and they're one of the temperature setters, right? And, and Rule talked about that yesterday. Guys that are doing it for the coach, that player-led part. We'll wind down Hour 1. Hale Varsity continues, presented by Currency.